Welcome back to season three of the Self-Conscious Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Cortez, and joining me on this week's episode is Santos Jaguar. Yo, what up? It's to Santos, Santos Jaguar, music artist, party goer, party organizer, community, individual, and you're tuning in to the Self-Conscious Podcast. Hey, Conchitas. Just a special announcement before we get started with this week's episode. We do have our first national giveaway going on right now, so make sure you head over to our social media. We are posting it on our Instagram, which is at Self-Conscious Podcast, and this giveaway is open to the U.S. only Conchitas. Sorry, we hope to do international within season four, but for right now, this is just open to the U.S. Conchitas. All you got to do is just follow the steps on the IG page. Super easy, super simple, but basically, you'll be supporting some small businesses and supporting the podcast. Again, none of this would be possible without your love and support, and we appreciate you, Conchitas, so, so, so much. In addition to that, stay tuned till the end of this episode for a special little treat for you, Conchitas. Hope you enjoy it. Don't have the best side profile. It's all good. <laughs> we are live. You know, I really hate like live broadcast episodes. Not not that I don't mind watching them, but I hate doing it just because like I feel like I'm very self conscious, self conscious, self conscious of the way like just how I show up. That's why I don't even watch them. <laughs> I just do. I don't even watch them. I don't know if it's like a girl guy thing. Like maybe guys don't care as much, but I was like, I kind of care. Oh, so do I. And I was like, if you would have told me this, like, I would have put on my Sunday makeup for church. <laughs> it's all good. They can't even see you. No, just kidding. Um, You're mysterious. <laughs> so, okay. I have a question. Okay. Let I might have an answer. What was your favorite Halloween costume? And would you still wear it today? Oh, man. Uh, let's see. What was my favorite Halloween costume? That's a good question. I would say like a, a luchador, and I would say yes. Like I wore like a sin cara mask, like a luchador oh, mask. Okay. And we went to the freaking library, or not the library, the, the mall. We went to Fashion Place Mall. And this was like three years ago. So I was already grown. <laughs> and I was Wait, my how old are you? Well, I'm 27 now. You're, 20, you're 27? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Whoa, I thought you was younger. <laughs> yes, no, 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 for real. I thought you weren't 27. I thought you were like 23, 24. I thought you were younger than me. For real? Yeah. How old are you? I'm 25. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm 27. That's crazy. Everyone's, everyone's been telling me that recently, so that's good. That makes me happy, actually. <laughs> I like those Latino jeans. Yeah, that's what it is. But yeah, no, it was like a few years ago. <clears throat> my friend, he cosplays. Uh -huh. like, like Deadpool and like what else does he cosplay? Iron Man. Uh, he has all these costumes. He's like super into that stuff. Okay. And so we went in a group of people and we all dressed up as stuff. And we like one of his friends cosplays Batman and he has a really badass like Batman costume. Mm -hmm. And so all these little kids are coming up to us. They want photos. So I guess that would be my favorite Halloween costume is a luchador. I wear like a suit and a mask. I feel like that's cheating though because this is like more in your later years. What was it like uh, as a kid? Oh, as a kid? Yeah. Dang, you gonna make me remember my childhood traumas? Nah, I just get it. I don't know. What did I dress up as a kid? They're just like the basic stuff. Like, what about you? I don't remember, honestly. Really? Yeah, like I'm trying to remember what I dressed up as as a kid. Like, I remember like these random costumes. Like, mm. yeah, I can't remember. Yu Gi Oh! I don't know. 
Okay, so I recorded an episode with another person earlier this month, and we were talking about like how it's hard to be Hispanic and Latino. This is related because I was talking about like I basically had an identity crisis when I was a kid. That's what I feel came to realize. Yeah. But as much as I want to say like, oh, I enjoy dressing up as a Disney princess, I really didn't because like I just felt like it wasn't me. You know, like I was like, and that you were aware of that when I was a young age. Yeah, I was like, well, they don't really look like me, and I don't really feel like a princess. You know, yeah. even though like I was dressed apart, I didn't feel like the part. <laughs> really, you know, and that's that's a real thing, though. That's a real thing. Yeah, but my favorite Halloween costume, I was dressed as the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland. Oh, okay. But like the more recent one, the one with Johnny Depp. Oh, the newer one. Mm-hmm. So, see, so yeah, that's when you know you're young because it's the the new one. Yeah. I don't know when that came out. Like 2005, I think. Did it? Mm-hmm. No, it didn't. The one with Johnny Depp? Yeah. That was like 2005, 2006. Let me look this I'll up. I'll put money on it. Okay, I'll well, put, I'm I'll broke, put so I'm not putting it. I'll put breakfast on it. <laughs> um, what, you, what you done? You said, I'm broke. <laughs> I have frijoles at home. <laughs> I'll get frijoles. I'll take the frijoles. A Tupperware pretty Actually, good. my mom made pozole. You can have that. Oh, pozole, even better. Shit. That sounds amazing right now. That came out in 2010. Oh, God. That was 11 years ago. Oh, even. I, so I dated it even older. I said 2005. Oh, damn. Okay, so I was like 14. In 2010? I was 14 in 2010. 2010, I was like. Holy shit, that's a long time ago. 16, 17. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I was 14. And then, like, I stopped dressing up after that just because I was like, oh, big kids don't dress up for Halloween. Well, you weren't into it anymore. I kind of only, I stayed with it kind of, like, through high school, though, because I have my little sister. We're nine years apart, but me and my other siblings are, like, a year apart. Oh, okay. So we grew up together, you know, we were kind of like, eh. But she didn't really have anybody, so we were just kind of going through it for her. So she didn't go by herself. Sure. We even dressed up the dogs and everything. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> So one of because we had the little white dogs like every Mexican family had the little white dogs. So one of them was like the white bunny, the white rabbit from Alice, and then the other ones, we dressed them up as the Cheshire cat, and the other one we dressed up as oh the mouse from the from the tea party. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, Yeah. yeah. So they all dressed up. Everybody dressed up. That's cool. Yeah. That's tight. But that was probably like my favorite Halloween costume. I probably still wear it today, but you know. So, okay, so your stage name is Santos Jaguar. Your real name is Steven Beep, Fleet Beep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, yes. And people always give me crap about it, right? Cause they're like, what, your name is Steven? Like, what kind of, like your gringo ass name and stuff. Like my Mexican friends would always roast me, you know? I mean, yes. Yeah, it's true, I get it. So, yeah, but Santos came from being a big wrestling fan as a kid. El Santo, I, I wanted to be, like, iconic for the culture, like El Santo. And so when I first started doing, using that name, uh, I was just Santo Guzman. Okay. Not Santos. And then I started working with this Norteño group called Caballos del Norte. Okay. And he became, like, my mentor. And he's like, yo, like, you should add an S so that way you can be, like, on the one-name basis. Like, you know how, like... Beyonce. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, Shakira. Yeah, so I was like, all right, I'm going to add an S, Santos. So it went from Santos to Santos. And I was Santos Guzman. I used my real last name. And then 
probably like a year ago, I found out there's like a banda singer in Mexico that has the exact same name as me, Santo Guzman. And our songs were getting mixed on YouTube. So like, oh. yeah, it was bad. And so, <clears throat> so I changed it because I was already using the Jaguar logo for the last four years. So I was like, eh. Uh. <laughs> so I was like, eh, might as well change it. So I went and changed all my songs, updated everything. And it's been a process because people know me as Santos, man. Like to this day, like I'll run into people at the club where I just music people and mm -hmm. they'll be like, oh, Santos. Oh, no, 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 I changed it. Oh, what? You're like, that's not me. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> here on this podcast. It's a whole new bitch. Say, yeah, <laughs> it's a whole new vibe, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I was already using the Jaguar branding, and the reason why I use it is just because, like, so imagine, like, a Chinese Zodiac. You know how you put your birthday and stuff? Mm -hmm. So I did, like, kind of like an Aztec Zodiac. Like, I went and set my birthday. There's an Aztec yeah, Zodiac? Kind of, yeah. Like, it's like the Aztec calendar, right? I want to know what mine is. Yeah. So the way I got connected with it is I have a friend, his teacher, he has a teacher uh -huh. that teaches him like Aztec tradition stuff in Mexico City. And so I sent my like full name, when I was born, the time, everything, and like my, like my, my animal or whatever that came, because every sign gets like an animal or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mine mm -hmm. was like a black jaguar, specifically a black jaguar. So that was like four or five years ago that I got my... Like my reading or whatever, and it tells you everything, like what moon and do you know? Have you ever seen Harry Potter? Yeah, it's like your Patronus, like your animal, or what? Like in Harry Potter, like your Patronus is like the animal, but it's like your protection spell, oh. so it comes into an animal that identifies, like that identifies you in a way. Yeah, and so, I really do believe that. So you, kind of like a spirit animal in a it, way. Exactly. And I'm a big believer in that, to be honest. Because when I found it out, I was like, okay, I can resonate with it. Because, like, the black jaguar to the Aztec culture represents, like, they also use it as a representation as, like, the universe, like, the sky. Because, like, it's, like, a black coat, and then it has the markings, like, looks like stars and stuff. So, like, that's what it means culturally. And not just that, but, like, how jaguars maneuver. I'm very like that. Like, it sounds weird, but I am very, like... I'm to myself, and I like to like see what's going on. I'm very observant, mm -hmm. and then I attack. Like, <laughs> and then, and I, then attack. I attack like a jaguar. Like, I had to be in the shadows, and then I go. You plan your next move. Yeah, I plan my next move. Like, I'm an opportunist. Like, I look for my opportunities, and then I take them. Okay. All right. So, so. we got the name. We got the stage name. I'm curious. Why did you get started with music? Because you do more cumbia. Cumbia. Yeah. I'm be really, really honest too. Be honest. I don't see Mexicans doing that. Nah, nah, not at all. That's not what Mexicans musicians normally go for. Yeah. Like Are it's you more for yeah, it's like more reggaeton, a little bit of like Norteña country music, you know, like the yeah. Spanish version of it. The cumbia's rare. Like it those is. are more like Colombians and I wanna say like which I just know Colombians are like more for it. Yeah. But I don't see that many Mexicans doing cumbia. cumbia. Well, you know, you have like Los Angeles Azules. Yeah. That are like from Mexico City and they're iconic group. Well, there's also Cumbia Kings. Kings. Cumbia Kings that they were from here. Mm -hmm. And they were actually huge influence. Cumbia Kings. Yeah. Huge influence when I was like a little kid in like fourth, fifth grade. I, would be I mean, they had song. they had good music. Yeah, they did. They had bangers. Yeah, they had huge bangers. And I didn't realize, like, yesterday, all I did yesterday was listen to Cumbia Kings. Because when people, when I go to these interviews, and people are like, oh, your influences. And I, like, on the spot will forget. And then after, I'm like, oh, I should have said Cumbia Kings because it is Cumbia Kings. 
Yeah. Like my early influences were like Limited Games, 50 Cent. Like I had hip hop and like Mexican music right here, both at the same time. But yeah, the reason how I got into music is like, I don't know, like ever since I was a little kid, like I was obsessed with like banda music because like my parents are from, um, from Jalisco. And like mm-hmm. all they listen to in Jalisco is like banda music. Like they're from the rancho. They're like 40 minutes away from the city. Yeah. Because gro- like growing up, I thought all Mexicans just listen to banda, but obviously not. <laughs> like, if you're from the city, like yeah. they listen to rock, they listen to esto, esto. You know, and then I started realizing it becomes kind of like a social thing, right? A okay. class thing that people f- that listen to banda or lower class, whatever. That's a whole nother, whole nother discussion. But I grew up on banda music because that's where my family's from, from the rancho, jaripeos, you know, like as a little kid wearing botas y sombrero and like all that shit, you know, like. And I wanted to be a banda singer when I was like a little kid. Like I was always in the banda machos, banda maguey, like, and I was just bumping my little cassettes when I was like, little kid and i don't know i started kind of like rapping when i was like 12 years old and i like got into rap first i was like a okay. rapper like <laughs> okay. i was all like cholo like i was a little cholo and she, i had my different phase i used to go by speedy g and i used to rap at like Kinses. did you wear a little bandana no i wore like a i wore like a cap you know like the cuz nowadays and put my little name on the side and <laughs> my long white teeth my yeah. diamond earrings and i would go perform that's cute so that's where i started and then one day i experimented with cumbia with caballo del norte because they were doing cumbia norteñas mm-hmm. and as soon as i did that it just like the song literally blew up like, started going like viral locally and like in the u.s so yeah how old were you in that when viral? that happened i was like 21 22 i just barely turned it was that's like 2015 bad. yeah and the thing that I learned from it, from like a marketing perspective, is I didn't market myself or brand myself well enough because people knew the song, but they didn't know it was me. Like they were just. What like, was the song? Like, Bien buena. Can I play it? Yeah, of course. And that was the first song that like blew up. It was supposed to only be a one song thing, but because of the response of it, I was like, oh, we gotta keep doing this. Like I gotta keep doing cumbia. Have the ponchitos listen to it. I mean, it's fine. This was you? Yeah. You heard this? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know this was you. Market it better. Yeah? yeah. Why? Why? Because I had no idea this was you. But you heard it. I've heard it. This is like, this is a good song. Thank you. This is played at a lot of parties. It is played at a lot of parties. Yeah, I had no idea it was you though. I thought it was like somebody else. A lot of people say that they thought it was like a professional person. Like they thought. Well, it was you are a professional yeah, artist, yeah. but not as Local. well known as you should be. I wait. Damn. Okay. Look at you. I had no idea. A lot of people don't. That's why I'm here right now. It's good. <laughs> I like this. Okay. I had no idea that was you behind this one. Yeah. Dude. 
And so I learned that the hard way that I was like, hey, I need to improve like the marketing, you know, for people to know. But yeah, that was like the first cumbia song that I did. It's not bad. I like it. Okay. So I guess I've heard of you. I've heard of your music before. I didn't hear about you until recently. And then I think it was like through the Lake Talk 801 podcast. Shout out to them. Yeah. Or you way to do it too. That's how I started following you. Oh, okay. Because I heard you through the Lake Talk 801. Oh. You didn't even mention you until they came onto the pod. And they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, you should talk to these other artists. And I was like, oh, he sounds familiar. Okay. <laughs> Don't sound disappointed. I just like, like, I feel like going into this, like the podcasting, or more like the cr- slash creative realm, I've gotten to know about more local artists and like people like in the state. Artists. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, there's like a lot of talent in Utah. That's not well known. I don't know why everybody's going to LA, Chicago, Nashville, New York. There's a lot of untapped art here. But besides all that, that's for another argument. But then your other song came out, Pasito Prohibido. Yeah. That was also really good. Thank you. Can we also play that? Yeah, of course. He's like, you can play all my music. Play it all. He's like, so like, I have more streams on it, you know? Exactly. Go, go stream it up. Go run the streams up. Yeah, I'm an independent artist, you know, it's been a hustle and a grind to just get out there and create art. I will say, like, the graphics are good, though. Like the video or the art? Like the video. Was this at a swap meet? <laughs> I don't know. Where was the clothing store at? Oh no, that's in, that's actually right there in Farmington. Oh, at my friend's store. Shout out to DMRT Gears. So he's a like first generation like business owner. He's from like Venezuela. Cause I was like, I haven't seen that store at a swap meet yet. Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's in uh, it's in Farmington, and it's like a hip hop store. Okay. And I met him a few weeks before we filmed it in his store. He's really cool. I was it was actually his birthday last night. We were hanging out last night. Oh, happy birthday to him. To to Rainy. To from. to be fair, we're recording on the nineteenth of September. So his birthday was September eighteenth. So, so happy by the time you hear this, happy late birthday. Yes. By the time you hear this, it's gonna be my birthday. In October. Maybe we can drop it on in October for your birthday. Sounds good. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. My birthday's on the third for anybody out there. Just kidding. He's like, Venmo me, send me free gifts. Venmo me right now. Whoever's on live, my birthday's October 3rd. All I want for Christmas is money. Send me. <laughs> money. Okay. To be honest, I didn't really know you. I still don't really know you. And most people probably don't know you. Like, again, they probably just heard your music. They don't know anything about you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, where are you from? A little bit of, like... What makes, not Steven Steven, but what makes Santos Santos? <laughs> Dang, my government name's out there. Nah. Yeah, no, so, I mean, I was I was born and raised in Utah. Okay. Like I mentioned, both my parents are from Alitsko, like mm-hmm. in a little ranchito. And I was born in, like, the Midvale Sandy area. And, yeah, dude, I just grew up here, you know, Mexican, American, whatever, you know. And yeah, like what makes Santos Santos is like that specifically, like mixing the the two cultures, you know, like blending the culture from here, but also like, you know, like mixing that Mexican culture, you know, like being proud from where I'm from. And yeah, I mean, 
don't know what else to say besides that. I just, I'm a music artist, a creative. Mm-hmm. I also, like, I'm just for the culture. Like, I'm all about the culture. Like, I'm also part of other collectives. Like, I'm part of a group called Vibras del Lago. It's a party. And it's every first Thursday of the month, we do a cumbia party at Alibi SLC in downtown. Okay. And, like, it's, like, the only cumbia party in, like, Utah. Like, that's just cumbia, you know? So I'm like, I'm a part of all these different things that are just for like the culture, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm just active out here in the city and like, yeah, that's it. I don't know. Do you have like a job besides what you do now? So I do graphic design on the side and then I do have- Look at you. It's still in the same realm. That's cool. Yeah. I wanted it to be, you know, but I don't do that full time. I just do that kind of part time freelance mm-hmm. and then I have had like some part-time jobs and some other jobs on the side but right now my goal is like like shout out to dev i just met her right now because we've had each other on instagram for a minute um, and she's like yo are you like are you an llc yet and i was like nah but i've been thinking about it she's like you need to do that like you need to make an llc already and i'm just like you're right so like that's what i love like that's where i'm at right now is like i'm really wanting to make this into more of a business like with my music so i can actually like live off of it and make money because yeah. for the longest time, it was just like, I wouldn't say it was a hobby because I've always taken it super serious. And like, I don't have a manager. I do everything by myself. I'm fully independent. Mm-hmm. Like, I've invested all my own money. And people get surprised too. They're just like, you don't have a manager? Like, dude, you do a lot. Like, be radio yeah. interviews. And like, just do all this stuff. Like, like you either do or no. It's like, they don't have a manager either. So like, we're always on the grind. Like, we're always networking. We're always trying to see where we could fit in, you know? You might need an assistant. Like a little personal assistant. I know. I was telling you that, and I'm like, I probably need assistance, honestly. <laughs> so, I've been talking to a potential person that might do that, so we just got to keep talking, and we'll figure something out. Because I believe you can go, I could do it full-time, you know? Yeah. If you believe it, it can be it. Sounds so Sounds corny. Good. Yeah, but it's true. But it is true, yeah. And it's the same thing with, like, podcasting, right? To get to that level. <laughs> Wait, no say. It's a, it's a long-term <laughs> thing, though. It's not an overnight thing. I think... With whatever you're doing, okay, I'm gonna take it back for a little bit. Well, let me just use our background because our background is very similar. Like, you come straight out of immigrant parents, you're the first generation here, mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard for me personally because I'm trying to live out my dreams and my goals, but I'm also trying to live out my my parents' dreams oh, and yeah. goals mm-hmm. because you know it sounds again like it's so cliche because it's repetitive, but like. They didn't come here for nothing, you know, they came here to provide a better life for me and my siblings and all that. And so in a way, a lot of kids go to school, right, because they think that's what they should do, because it's like a way to repay their parents for all their hard work. Exactly. And then like while that is true, I completely understand the part where you were saying like, but it's set up in a way where it's not made for you to succeed. Exactly. It's a white institution, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. And just call it what it is. In our education system, it's also a failure. Like the US has like the worst education system compared to other countries. But it's also because of the hierarchy that it has. And there is favoritism towards white students as opposed to color students. And you know, when you break it down, there's like District 1, District 2, District 12, blah, blah, blah. The lower class districts are districts of students of color. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't matter, but it does. And the students of color who are in those low institutions 
don't get the best access to education or resources. So when they get to high school, college isn't even a thought because they're like, look, I'm just trying to get my fucking diploma and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, exactly. Which isn't bad, but at the same time, like, they've been told their whole life, like, this ain't for you. You're not going to make it. Don't even try. Blah, 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 blah. So that sucks, you know, for them. And I went to a Catholic private school. So you would think it's different. I went to Judge Memorial. Okay. You would think it's different, but it's also a white institution. There weren't that many people of color there. Now there is compared to before. It's not as diverse as it should be, but... But it's a little better. (laughs) I don't know. Not really. Compared to Juan Diego, it's so much better. Oh, I believe you. But when I went there, my college counselor told me that college wasn't an option for me, that I couldn't afford it, so I shouldn't even bother. And you're not the first one and the only person that I've heard that from. I've heard many successful people that are like at high level mm-hmm. that heard the exact same thing. So th- it, that just shows you already like how the system is built, right? Yeah. And I mean, I have a buddy of mine that I always kind of make fun of him because he tried to fit in or be like, oh, I want to prove like them wrong and like yeah. I'm gonna be successful in this and that yeah. and it's like but you gotta realize that like you try to go in there and like change the system but what ends up happening is the systems end up changing you and that's where you get like let's just say it how it is you get those Latinos and it's not just Latinos that this happens to I've seen it in every culture that they white they get whitewashed you know mm. what I'm saying they get they, they start feeding into that idea they start drinking the Kool-Aid of oh, if I dress like this, or if I talk like this, or if I have this car like this, or if I, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever, then I'm going to be accepted. But at the end of the day, you're never going to be accepted because you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not meant to be because if like, it's like a system, it's like a, you know what I mean? Like, and it sounds crazy, right? Because it's like, when you try to explain this to other people, they're like, yo, you're crazy. Like, that's a conspiracy theory. Like, we're all equal, this, that. But it's like, no, like even white people don't even realize like they're benefiting off of that system. They're privileged. They're privileged. They don't even see their own privilege. It's right in front of them. Yeah. And they don't even realize it. Like, no, we all have equal opportunity. Like, you have an opportunity. You know what I mean? And like, we can go well, deep into this, but you know the reality. I think mean, we can go deep into this. <laughs> yeah, no, but you know, you know, as a person of color, like that have actually gone through it, you know, it's not just like us tripping. Like, it's a real thing. That's well, this because this was related to what I wanted to talk to you about, anyways. Yeah. What I wanted to talk to you about, what it's really like growing up as a Mexican-American, growing up with two cultures in Utah or in the U.S. alone, but specifically in Utah, like how it's really fucking hard. Yeah. Oh, that's an amazing question. Yeah. Because I was like, the education system is just one part of it, right? Oh, yeah. Because while I appreciate people telling me like, oh, you made it, like you graduated college with two degrees, wow, blah, 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 blah. While I appreciate it, it was fucking hard. Like it wasn't easy. Aunque tuviera, like, the, you know, private Catholic school, because it's a college preparatory school. When I went to college, I was not ready. Like, I was not ready. I wish I would have taken a year off, but I didn't because what's the meant that my parents were saying, like, if you take a year off, you're never going to go to school, and this, this, and that, and you're going to push it, push it away and push it away. And then when I finally did go to college, it was hard because I was like, I had gone to this little private catholic school but there's only like maybe 200 kids you know so it's small compared to like public schools mm-hmm. and i was used to seeing who i saw and you know yes i was used to seeing white people but not to the extent that i saw it at college and my major was political science at the time and i don't see that many latinos or people of color period in political science so when i went to my classes it was like maybe 
three, four kids of color, and then like everything else is white. Yeah. The professor was white. Oh yeah. And course. so it's like. Shit. And there's only two things that can happen. It's like you either feel like an outsider, or you uh, assimilate. Or you adapt. You adapt. Yeah. But what happens when you adapt is that you pretty much get colonized in the sense of like you just forget your culture you know you forget who you are to try to fit in yeah. and you see it all the time you know growing up in high school and college you see these people like trying to fit in and like act like something like they're not yeah and i'm not saying like oh well, you're mexican dude like stop trying to act white like i'm not saying oh you have to act like a cholo or chola no because that's another idea too i remember seeing that growing up with like your peers that because of media and movies and all these things yeah. that you grew up in, they get this idea of like what it means to be something. And so it's like, oh, well either you act whitewashed or you act like a like like a stereotype, like a cholo yeah, yeah, or a chola. Yeah. When it's like, no, like you can be a fucking you could be a rocker, you well, could be a skater and be Mexican. Like it doesn't matter, you know? Like Yeah. I feel like maybe you ran into this, not to interrupt you. To me you come across as very smart. Thank you. You come across as very smart without the college education like you just come across as smart you don't have to go to college to be a smart person exactly but i was gonna say like do people get surprised with the things you say or the things you do because they're all like the oh time. like you know about that oh you do that all the time all the time people get surprised in every sense whether it's like dating someone or just anything people always get shocked because they hear my music and they stereotype me and say oh this was a party or he's this he's that and then I talk to them and I start talking about spirituality and I start talking about like this stuff and like plant medicine and like culture and like, you know, like all this stuff. And Your like, brain. Yeah. And they're like, what? Like, oh shit. And like people will make fun of me sometimes because they're like, they're like, they don't think I'm for real, but I'm like, no, I'm for real. Like I know about my culture. I know who I am. Like I'm empowered. Like, like you said, like I don't need to go to no university, but like growing up in in Utah, like, when I go out to L.A. and, like, do shows out there and, like, meet them and, like, tell them about my experience, like, compared to, like, L.A. versus, like, Utah, it's nothing, you know, over there, it's, like, majority Mexican, whatever, and so I tell them those struggles, and I'm, like, yeah, dude, growing up, I wasn't, I'm not LDS, but I remember, like, being excluded, you know? Yeah, like, people were nice here and there, but in, at the same time, it's, like, if you're not LDS, it's, like, you were not included into anything, you know? Yeah, I think there's, I think, like, in Utah, there's... People are like, oh, people aren't that racist here. They're fucking racist, guys. Oh, but yeah. there's also, like, there's subtle racism. It's subtle racism. And they and everything's swept under the carpet, you know? Yeah. Like, it's very, like, hush-hush here. Well, they hush it up because they're like, oh, because we're Mormon we're or we're religious. Yeah. Like, we could not be like racist. That. We couldn't be yeah. awful to you. But the system and everything is like that. And I've seen a lot of racism growing up. Like, I've experienced it. Yeah. I've even, like, when I was 15 years old, like, I got wrongfully, like, arrested for no reason. And it was just because of a power structure of this idea, right? Yeah. Nothing happened. I didn't get charged with nothing. But the way that they, like, treated, they stereotyped you. They stereotyped me. What's the word? Pro so profiling you. Profiling me. And the way that the system was built for them to just, like, take me away like that. Like, and when I knew I was, like, a good kid, I knew I was no fucking thug or cholo, like, I was like, yeah, this system's fucked up. Like, yeah. even me, that I like, look at me. Like, I was like a good kid, you know. You were dressed like that. I wasn't. No, <laughs> I was in eighth grade when it happened. Oh well, shit. And like, long story short, I was walking, and I was with this cholo kid. He was a cholo, 
And this like white lady saw us and like we stopped by a car and my friend was like rubbing a sticker on the window because it was like a funny sticker. It was like two pandas humping. Like it was the enjoy sticker. <laughs> okay. So he yeah. was like trying to scratch it. He was being a kid. Yeah, he's being a kid. He's being curious, but he never took it off. And so this white lady just sees these two kids touching her car and she calls the cops. Instead of being like, hey, what are you guys doing? She calls yeah. the cops. And my friend lived so close to where we were at. So he got home safely. They didn't even see him. And then the cops, like, she literally followed me, like, home. That's creepy. Yeah. And then the cop pulls up on me and was like, yo, why are you, like, where's your, where's your tools to, like, steal cars and, like, this, that. Like, I'm wearing my backpack from school, that, like, school stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Yo, where's your, like, clothes hanger and, like, stuff to, like, steal cars and da 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 And I'm just like, what are you talking about? And they, like, put me in cuffs and they took me to the station. They put, took my prints for nothing. I never did nothing. We never touched your car. Did they let you call your parents? So luckily enough, one of my friends lived in the neighborhood and she saw me getting arrested and she called her mom and her mom called my mom and my mom showed up at the police station and like they like interrogated me and like told me like, so what happened? And I'm like, I literally told them what I just told you. Like my friend touched the window and we kept walking. Nothing happened. Oh, well, we have an officer saying that you guys broke a window. There's no broken windows. You know, they were just trying to get us to incriminate our own selves. Yeah. Little kids like. Well, they're not allowed to interrogate you, especially when you're a minor, without parent supervision. Well, my mom was there. My mom, my mom showed up at the station when they were talking to us. Okay. But but still, but still, you know, and, and it just show, <laughs> it just shows you right yeah. that the way that the system works. And a few weeks ago, funny enough, I'm walking on a trail, the Jordan River Trail, and I've empowered myself, dude. I know who I am. I'm no fucking foreigner to this land. Like, this is my land. Like, you can't tell me anything different. Anyways, I'm walking my dog, and you're supposed to have him on a leash. I met, okay, I'm, I'm in the wrong. I don't have my dog on a leash. What kind of dog do you have? He's like a, he's like a boxer pit bull mix. Oh, your dog's all stereotyped. That, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so we're, we're walking, right? And my dog's chilling. Like, my dog, if you meet he's my dog... He's just vibing. He's just vibing, you know? He's just in the sun, just tongue out, you know? Vibing out. You and should have brought him. I, oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say I was going to bring him. Um, no. I don't think Dev would have minded. No, I don't think so. But it's okay. And so, she, you know, we're walking on the Jordan River Trail. It's like 2 in the afternoon. And this white dude, he's running... He's probably in his mid-30s, and he's running, and out of nowhere, he stops, dude. And, like, in the Jordan River Trail, it's, like, one, you know, your one direction and then the other direction, right? So, right, he's running right. this direction, and I'm walking this direction. My dog's minding his own business. And, funny enough, I have a video on my phone. I recorded this. Why'd you piss? Okay, so what happened is, I'm walking. My dog is literally, like, I don't know if you've ever been to the Jordan River Trail. Like, one side, there's, like, trees and grass, and the other side, it's just, like, cement and, like... Anyways, and so my dog's on this side, minding his own business, and we're walking this way, and this dude's running, and I just see him, like, stop, and he, like, goes to the other side of the trail, so, like, he avoids me at all costs, so we're not even, like, on the, on the cement no more, mm-hmm. and he's just sitting there, like, breathing, looking at me, and, like, I don't even acknowledge him, because he's just looking at me, and I walk past him, and as soon as I walk past him, he says, hey, your dog needs to be on a leash. I, oh, okay, man. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. You know, I have the leash right here. Like, my dog's not doing anything, you know? Mind mm-hmm. my own business. Hey, I was like, you want me to call the cops on you? I'm like, you're going to call the cops because my dog's not on the leash? Like, 
He's not doing anything to you. Well, the Jordan Trail isn't a leash. Well, technically, they do have to be on leash. There's a like, there's a sign there, and I was in the wrong. I get it, but technically, and I've been breaking the rule. (laughs) No, yeah, me too. But it's like, but it's just like my dog's not doing anything. Yeah. Like he didn't even get close to him, and then he goes off and says, "Oh, it's because I've been attacked by a dog here on this trail," and I'm just like, "Dude, my that sounds like a you problem, sir." Yeah, (laughs) you know, and I'm just like. And he's like, I'm going to call the cops. And it's just like, that just shows you right there, though, the power structure in his mind, right? That he thinks that he has the power to say, oh, this dude is not listening to me. Like, I'm not going to mind my own business. I'm going to call the cops on him. Like, that's like a colonizer mindset, right? And like, that's the only thing I regret from that day is not calling him a colonizer. Like, dude, stop acting like a colonizer. And I called him a Karen. And I was like, bro, why are you acting like a Karen right now? Like, you got nothing else to do. And then, like, mind you, though, is that I'm, de- I'm de-escalating it because I started walking away. So, so anyways, you know, the point being, it just made me realize the mentality that these people have. Yeah. They just think that, you know. And, like, I was telling you, I de-escalated it by, like, walking away. But I was still, like, yelling, bro, you're not going to scare me. Like, you trying to intimidate me with the police is not going to work. I know who I am. And then I started going off. I was like, you're on late. I was like, you're on native land. This is stormland. Like, <laughs> Karen. Like, I kept calling him Karen. I was like, really, dude? I was like, really? And I recorded him. I have a video of him, actually, of him, like, acting like he's on his phone. And he never called anybody. Well, no, he just did it to, like. Trying to intimidate me. Yeah. I'm just like, bro, you have nothing else to do. He was, like, in his mid-30s, like. He was like not that old, but like he just went out his way. He he saw the nopal in la frente, and the dog, and he's just like, oh, you're not supposed to be here. You're not following the rules. He's like, I had a shitty day. Let me give you a shitty day. Yeah, and it's like, I know who I am. Like, you're not gonna yeah. intimidate me, bro. I know my culture. Like, you're 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 the immigrant here, my friend. Like, don't treat me like like I'm trash. You know what I'm saying? And growing up, that's what it was like. There was even one time, and I and I kind of wish I would love to have a conversation with my old history teacher in high school, because he literally humiliated me and like the three other four Mexican kids in class. Like, just like straight up made fun of us in class, like Why? in front of all the what white students. What did he students. say? It was literally because like I read a word wrong, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's how they say it in Spanish." Ah, and everyone's just laughing like the whole class and it was just because i said a word wrong and he's like oh just because you speak spanish like that's not how you like pronounce it or something you know and just something stupid and mm-hmm. it's just like really like a teacher is making fun of a child a child like there's three brown students in the class and they're like making fun of us because we speak spanish like this is real right now and that only happened with me with one class that wasn't like my whole high school experience but it was a high school it was in high school it was 12th grade it was this senior, was senior year. year? Senior year. What the and fuck? And this dude was like the girls' basketball coach. He's an old dude. He's probably like 50, 60. Kind of, kind of creepy, you know? And yeah. My Spanish teacher at the time, she was a white lady too. She knew of it. She's gotten multiple complaints about this teacher. And I'm just like in my head like, that's, what I'm, that's privilege right there. If you're this dude and you've been working at this school for this many years and you're getting away with that kind of shit, like, come on. What school was it? Hillcrest High School. And his name was Mr. Richardson. If anybody knows him, tell him we just want to talk. Yeah. We just want to talk. And he, I know, and he would always tell us about how he lived in West Valley. 
and how like the gangsters would like tag up his walls and the Polynesian people that lived next to him and this he was just this <sighs> racist white man dude yeah he sounds racist and he would just talk to us he about, sounds ignorant oh yeah so anyways and this is all real life you know this is all real life well I just want to correct this like I'm not from West Valley I I grew up in Glendale but West Valley is not ghetto like I it's hate not. how people like try to make it like it is. It's not ghetto. Like, you know the only reason why they call it ghetto, right? Why? Because brown people live there. Oh, duh. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because well, they the also area. say Rose Park is like ghetto too. Yeah, for the same reason. Yeah. And then like I don't know if you know this, but like people used to say like passing the gateway is where you get to, like then you get to the ghetto. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Like on the west side. Yeah. And then anything on the east side passing the gateway. It's the nicer nice. side, yeah. yeah. Which is bullshit. I think it is bullshit. Also, like Salt Lake City is becoming like the housing prices are going up, so a lot of people are moving in. Mm-hmm. And when people are adding like these stereotypes, it's kind of like, oh, you know, shouldn't live here, shouldn't live there. However, there are a lot of people moving to West Valley, a lot of people moving to Rose Park, a lot of people. Gentrification's happening too. Yeah, so it's like, it's like, is it really ghetto, or is it just because like white people weren't there? That's all it is. Yeah. And even us ourselves continue those stereotypes. And that's what I'm saying. People buy into these ideas, you know, and it's just BS. It is BS. It's just like, you know, rappers have talked about it, like Jay-Z, where he's like, you know, I'm not going to use the N-word, but he's like, you could be, a, you could be a, you know, you could have a Ferrari, but you're still an N-word in a Ferrari, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're that's still going to look down at you no matter if you're successful, whatever. Yeah. So it's just like, right now, there just needs to be an accountability, you know? And these are the conversations that just need to be had with, yeah. like, that community. Like, I've talked to close friends about it, mm-hmm. like, close white friends that they know what's up. Like, I have some really close white friends that, like, yeah. they're fully aware, and they don't act like that. They, they don't have that mentality, Yeah. you know? And I've had conversations with other people, and you could tell they start getting kind of uncomfortable and kind of like, oh, man. And it's just like... Yeah, it's part of the Because the truth is uncomfortable. Yeah. But I also think growing up Mexican-American, I did have a hard time like accepting my identity as being part of two cultures because I couldn't ever figure out like why I didn't feel like I belonged. But at the same time, like figure, like couldn't figure out why I was trying so hard to belong. Mm. You know? Tell me about it. And then I was talking to the girl that I had that episode with where I'm like, oh my God, I think I had an identity crisis when I was a kid. It's like, I need to talk about this in therapy tomorrow. Which I did. This is therapy. This is therapy. <laughs> and we talked about it. But he said, like... You go to therapy? I do go to therapy for m- mental health, you know? Good for you. I can't afford therapy. Just kidding. <laughs> it comes with the insurance. My therapy is uh, mushrooms. <laughs> I take mushrooms. I was going to take some mushrooms after this. For real. I'm but he... serious. <laughs> you do you. Yeah. But... You aren't down. Like, I'm not just but we were talking about how, not my therapist, but the girl who I recorded the episode with, she said that it was probably because I grew up in a white environment. Or I grew up with people in white environments, right? Yeah. So it was saying, like, I went to a Catholic private school I for middle school and high school, and then I went to the university and all that. But I will say, like, I feel like people's experiences are different. I will say in college is where I, as, as cliche as it is also, I feel like that's where I really learned a lot about myself and figured out like what I was capable of. It wasn't because of was it? I'm just kidding. Don't tell me uh, it was these Hispanic clubs, was it? Because those, those clubs are part of the problem too. No, because like. I'm a column. <laughs> all of them. 
I was um, I was part of Beacon Scholars, and they helped me out like my first year of college. Yeah. But it wasn't like I'm gonna be honest. It's not what I needed. Like it's not what I really needed. Like yeah. going through therapy and like working on myself and working on my inner demons and shit. That's what really helped. Not going to like these clubs, these organizations. Well, I. I appreciate what they're doing. It wasn't what I needed. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just kind of like, okay, cool, but what the fuck does that mean? Like, oh, be proud of who you are, but what the fuck does that mean? I don't even know who the fuck I am. Yeah. Like, that's what it and, was at the time. Yeah, 100%. And what those clubs and those organizations end up doing is that the white man's pretty much selling you your culture. It's saying, this is who you are here. Well, maybe, but like, I know in, some in of... An institutional aspect. Maybe, but I also think that some of those organizations were very, um, what's the word, like... Like, like kind of, but like aggressive. Like, oh, yeah, there's only the one certain way to be Hispanic and yeah. Latino, and I, you know, and so it's kind of like. But yeah. at the same time, like I'm telling you, like I'm not just Mexican though. Like, yes, that's where my roots are, but I'm also Mexican American. Like, I should be allowed to form my own identity. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, now as like in my twenties, I was like, oh shit, like I really like now I've embraced my Mexicanness, my roots, and like you know, embrace the fact that I am American despite all the shit that happens here and accepting the fact that, yes, there we weren't made to have a seat at the table. That doesn't mean you get to make your seat at the table. Exactly. And it sucks because, like, yeah, we got to work twice as hard as other people. Yeah. Your goals and dreams, like, you know, like your music and podcasting, like, this is, like, I don't know how far I want this to go. But I, I enjoy doing it and I enjoy that it's helped a lot of people. Yeah. Because there isn't something like this out there. There's nothing like your music out there. But there's a lot of people who tell you don't do it because there's who's going to listen to it, who's going to want to. And then when you do it, obviously there's a lot of people who are tuning in and you know watching what you do and are they see a, a part of themselves in you. And 100%. so they're like, and so you're kind of creating like an inspiration. You're kind of creating motivation. And then yeah. you're changing the game, right? And being like, no, no, no. Like you're allowed to be who the fuck you are. You're allowed to be whoever you want. You can tap into whatever it is you want to tap in like you're not meant to be in a box exactly and that's all you, you said it perfectly i think that is my biggest motivation to be that like representation for people you know to listen to it and be like and that's all i want to do with my music is just be me authentically like yes mm-hmm. i grew up here in the u.s and i have this culture but i also love where i'm from and who i am and you know what i mean and it's mm-hmm. okay to to embrace that it's okay to you know, not speak Spanish correctly or whatever, <laughs> whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever the specific yeah. thing is. Cause like, that was one, that was one of my biggest insecurities. Like, like I grew up going to Mexico, gracias a Dios, like every year. Like I'm not, That's I don't nice. come from a wealthy family, but yeah. my mom always made sure that we were going to Mexico at least once a year to visit my grandparents, to visit my family, to be in touch with my roots. And that's something that I'll be forever grateful for, you know. And I knew right away when I would go over there, like, that I stood out, you know, that I didn't, like, that I was a pocho or whatever, yeah. you know, like a gringo to them, you know, because it's like, I'm having a hard time, like. You have an American accent. Yeah, I have an American accent, you know. And even to this day, like, I get shy when I go over there. Like, I, <laughs> I have no problem, like, <laughs> spitting game in English. But when I'm in, when I'm, when I'm in Mexico trying to spit game in Spanish, I get shy. I like, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm a rookie, so. I'm a rookie. <laughs> I'm a rookie when it comes to Spanish and trying to spit games to girls. But I'm getting better at it. Just Green card. Green card. <laughs> well, that one's the easy one. That was, that, that's, Papers? You want some? Nah. <laughs> that is a joke, though. That always works. Nah, I'm just kidding. 
But that's a real thing. That's a conversation too. I've met a lot of people that have gotten in those situations and it never usually ends up good when they just do it for the papers. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> but no, it's true. And, and I appreciate it because it's like at the end of the day, like you said it, like you're, you're, it's the same thing for you. Like it's a platform and to create something, you know. Do you have anything, last words, last, <laughs> last words, last things you want to say? I'm just trying to promote like being your authentic self to like the, like the highest level, you know, whatever that means to you. Like anybody that's worked with me or any interviews that I've done, like my biggest thing is just being genuine and being like you. I guess because this episode might be coming out during Hispanic Heritage Month. Do you have anything you want to say about that, about people embracing their Latino culture? Yeah. Yeah, just don't be ashamed of who you are. Like, don't forget about your culture. Don't forget about your people. Don't forget where you come from. You know, whether you're in the U.S. or whether you're in Latin America. Because, you know, everybody in the world can listen to this. Because, yeah. And so, just just be you, you know. Be proud of who you are. And, like, just do your research. And, like, do it for the community, you know. Don't do it for your ego. Because that's the biggest thing is, like, I've seen a lot of people like learn about their culture or whatever mm -hmm. and then it becomes very like egotistical it becomes very like oh like i don't know and i and i get it because in the u.s again like we're only sold our culture and these stereotypes in movies and media yeah. so it's just like just do your just do your research my barber's calling me again <laughs> but yeah just do your research and like yeah i don't know dig deep <laughs> i don't know I guess I was just gonna, I don't, I feel like I said what I wanted to say already. Um, yep, yep, that's it. <laughs> Sorry, I was like. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for having me on your show and shout out to everybody. And we're here, dude, to help with anything. Oh, oh, actually, I was gonna say one thing before we like end this. Do you have any new music coming out this fall season? Should people be like tuning Checking into your. Yeah, so for all the people listening, I mean, I just recently dropped a new song called Pasito Prohibido. Just really quickly, like, I went to Monterrey, Mexico, actually, to go record it. And I was just up in the culture. Like, I was up in the place, went out there for a week, did this track. So go check that out, because I was, like, really proud of that track. It's like a cumbia, reggaeton vibes to just set the party off. And then we do have, my goal is to drop, like, a, a, a new song every month. So I actually do have a new song coming out called En Caliente. So probably by the time y'all are hearing this, this new song in Caliente will come out. And it's another cumbia song. So um, right now I'm just really pushing for the cumbia culture. So yeah, just tap in and stay tuned. Vibe out, yeah. Well, that wraps up the episode. Thank you so much to Santos for joining us. I'm going to give him a chance to shout out his social media accounts if you want to follow him. And make sure you tap in and tune into his music. Yes, yes. It's to Santos, Santos Hawad. You can find me on all platforms under Santos Hawad, WW, um, YouTube, Santos Hawad. That's it? That's it. <laughs> okay. On all music platforms, Santos Hawad, you know? I'm the only one, so... So you'll find me right away. Well, thank you for being a guest on this episode. Yes, thank you for inviting me, and I'm here to help in any way I can. And don't forget to follow us on our social media pages to be up to date on what we have going on on the Self-Conscious Podcast, such as where guests will be on upcoming episodes, podcasts, collabs, small business highlights, announcements, and so much more. Our Instagram page is Self-Conscious Podcast, and our Twitter account is at Conscious Podcast. 
Thank you to everybody who tuned in. Like always, I hope you resonated with the episode, learned something from it. If you liked the episode, go ahead and subscribe to the Self-Conscious Podcast. We are available on all your favorite podcasting apps. And make sure that when you leave us a rating, also leave us a review. It helps us spread the word. And while you're at it, go ahead and share the episode with a friend or family member. The more listeners, the better. We post new episodes every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Eso es todo por hoy. I will see you all next week for a whole new episode. Until then, have a good one, Conchitas. And remember, stay spooky this season. Hey, Conchitas. So as promised, we have a special little treat for you guys. Santos Highwire provided his music, his song, Pasito Prohibido, for you guys to listen and enjoy. And make sure to go check out Santos Highwire's music, available on all major streaming platforms. And like he mentioned, he has new music dropping each month. So stay tuned. So without further ado, here it is. Sigo en lo mío, un pasito prohibido. Sigo en lo mío, un pasito prohibido. Tengo el mío, se la pasa bien chido. Cuando anda conmigo, cuando anda conmigo, cuando anda conmigo se deja llevar. Una buena vibra se pone a perrear. Cause I got the sauce and I'm about to take off. Ponme esa cumbia que la voy a quebrar. So vicious, ain't no competition. Sabe lo que quiere, atrévete, atrévete. Pégate, pégate, they copy what you do and they call that influence. Te quiero todas, si no le hablas de dinero, no le importa, no por nada. Es la flama, es un mombo, no mofa, poquito de María. 